game to end all games. That was what we had in Vegas on Sunday as the Super Bowl comes to an end. Super Bowl 58 and ho-hum, the Kansas City Chiefs are at it again. Ladies and gentlemen, we have our dynasty. It has been fulfilled. And we're going to talk about it now here on the Super Bowl recap show of the Sunday card. Dan Zampano, Matty Ice, Matty Seamat, Silbert here with you. Lemon Pepper Lou can't make it for our kind of season and Super Bowl recap show. But, of course, I'm sure we'll have some spirited conversations about who's the GOAT and who's the greatest team of all time and all those different things. But we can get into that as we move forward. Matt, it is good to be back after I felt like I was on my deathbed watching the game on Sunday uh, and and on my deathbed on Saturday and Friday and, and, and Thursday. It was just an awful week of being sick and still on the men, but uh, thought the thought hopefully the 49ers could provide some medicine. And uh, I hate being right, but I was right. I wasn't betting against Mahomes one more time, and I know you did, but it was a great game. It just maybe not the outcome America or us wanted. I don't know. It seems like a lot of people are, are happy about it at the same time. I've, uh, you know, I, not me picking against Mahomes every single week for the last three weeks and him just <laughs> clearly showing it right down in my face but he is inevitable he is inevitable he's collecting uh he's collecting his infinity stones and he is on his way to being the best quarterback we've ever seen uh I, it's i don't know and i just feel like the san francisco a couple of things you could say they made mistakes on but i think they played an awesome awesome game and it came down to a couple of bounces of the football honestly mm. and then a couple of decisions at the end but for the most part, I mean, Brock Purdy wasn't the problem. All the all the talk around Brock Purdy, I don't think you can knock him at all for that game. I think he was no. he was stellar even from the beginning. I, I could, you could tell from the first drive. I did like the call of Shannon taking the ball first, getting him in rhythm. But I, the problem was you texted me at too much time, and that was in the fourth quarter when they needed to tie it up, <laughs> and then overtime played out as it did. I mean. I said it to you as we were coming on here. It's I never once had any doubt. Never once. Even in the first quarter when San Francisco is dominating in the first quarter. I mean, I'm looking at the game. I'm like, this is great and all, but no one's scoring. And as long as this remains a close game and San Francisco's not blowing anybody out, I just believe that he's going to have enough time to get this done. And and, and we'll go through the game and kind of the plays that stood out. Um, but to me, that, that never wavered from my mind. Was even in, and it started with San Francisco again. It was, it was San Francisco once again having a good start and having a good game plan. And we were, my, what I was going to say on the show last week was who survives the script first, right? I mean, that was kind of going to be the first thing I said. And I didn't get a chance, obviously, to talk about it. But my initial thoughts going into the game are, who survives the script, the first 20 plays? What defense is going to do that? And it was certainly up for San Francisco. I mean, they had a great game plan. They had ran those five-man fronts in the beginning of the game, shut down the offensive line. I mean, Mahomes for the first two and a half quarters, just running for his life. I mean, that's that was the whole game. And that was a the theme for San Francisco to be up four at the half was just, to me, a crime. And and it just spoke to me. I said, I feel very confident right now. And I almost was like, 
I, I almost wanted to tweet out, like, if you kick a live line right now to the Chiefs, do it. Like, you're getting such good value on the money line here with a 10 nothing lead. You know, I mean, from what, at least to what we had. So I never wavered. And again, we'll go through it play by play and kind of the plays that stood out. But that's how I kind of felt for most of the game. And then the second half played out right into their hands. They got out coached. Like Andy Reid and Steve Spagnola now have what we always described as what kind of Tom Brady had a monopoly of intellectual ability on the league. That's what they have. And from the coaching perspective, and they just scheme it out. And by the way, they also have the most talented quarterback on the planet. So that, and it's just too much. It's too much for teams and so many things have to happen for you to have the game go your way. And, and obviously San Francisco didn't capitalize when they needed to. Yeah. So many things have to go your way. And then when you have things like a, a punt kicking off of one of your defenders yeah. running back and then having to, you know, uh, the, returner having to try and fall on it and then giving the chiefs the ball inside of the 20 on again, a play that doesn't feel like it's anybody's fault. It's just a bounce of a football and a football game. And for that one to go Casey's way, it's like, you've already got enough stacked against you. And when things like that happen at when Chris McCaffrey fumbled, I mean, that's obviously more of a mistake on their part. Yeah. But the last guy you'd ever expect to fumble a football when they are going down, looking like they are just going to ram it right in on the first drive. And again, that's like those little things where it's like it turned over and I was like, all right, I was like, they still looked good. I was like, the offense is going to be able to move the ball on this Chiefs team. Um, you know, it, this is me. This is like 49ers. Man. I'm like saying I'm starting. I'm saying we I'm saying we with the 49ers. I, I know. was so passionate with them this game to try and win this. But I mean, they, they were moving the ball well. And then for him to fumble, like that's a huge smack in the face. The punt's a huge smack in the face. And they said that the deck, the deck is already stacked against you when you're going against the Chiefs. Well, I, I just want to go through the plays that stood out, you know, to me, and I'll just go in order of how the game went. McCaffrey fumble. I mean, right then and there, and how good that drive did look. Again, last thing you expect, and it's like, okay, right from the get go, we're having we're we're, we're having a a great opportunity squandered, and it was like, all right, I guess that's how it's going to go. Next possession, uh, again, penalties. Just, uh, I think they had a holding penalty on the second possession of the game, set them up in third and long, and now you're now you're dealing with passing situations and, and not run the football. They run the football great in that whole first half, and it just from the get go right there squandered opportunities. I don't know how you felt about that. That was it was that was it was back to back penalties and Trent Williams. Yes. it was a false start and then a holding, and I'm like, Trent, like you're the we're, we're you're in the big game finally, big Trent. You've been wanting to get here your whole career, and like yep. you can't have that those mistakes. The two guys that had been journeymen that had been the missing pieces to them getting over the hump, both have huge mistakes in the beginning of the game, no matter fine, whatever their defense is dominating. You know, the, the next one that comes out to me is the McDuffie uh, deep ball that he broke up in the end zone with Debo in, in the second quarter. That was that, that deep ball that ended up forcing them to have a, a long field goal, by the way, shout out to the kickers for having three record-breaking field goals in this game, which was unbelievable, especially Moody to, to make to make the first one. But that was a big play in the game. McDuffie was outstanding in coverage uh, on top of the big play he made at the end with the blitz. Then the, the Chiefs end up getting the ball back. They get the big play to Hardman, and then Pacheco fumbles. So I'm like, okay, there's, you know, we're, now we're getting, we're getting some breaks, right? Like it felt 
it felt like there was some momentum the 49ers way. Like, okay, if we can just get a score here, then the Niners get a stop inside the 10 on the last possession of the half um, to make it 10-3. Like, they got, they ended up getting a touchdown after that. Uh, the touchdown, by the way, which was illegal. Um, easily. <laughs> you know, I was going to say, it was, I was going to say it was a sweet play. I guess it was illegal, but I thought that was freaking sweet. It was incredible. I mean, I was like, Jawan Jennings, like, we had had a, a group check, group text chat, and that was one of the guys that I'm like, I really feel good about Jawan Jennings. He just played well, and he's getting a touchdown back. Did you have the over, uh, over two and a half people throwing a ball in this game here, or no? I ne- I never ended up taking it, but you were spot on. I, mean, I know that was one of the ones you were talking about leading into this game. I know you you would have given that out in the Prava Palooza episode, which is which is unfortunate. I, I think I think we did mention that that that's usually always a fun one to take. And uh, I mean, not you got the just prop size i mean you got like some of the ones that you bet all the time like that overtime that like never hit that you got to hit this game which were kind of was kind of cool 12 to 1 for overtime good number you know i know you guys gave that out but at the end of the half like how are you feeling like they they get that drive at the end it seems like they're going to score and then the niners get a whole like like stop them on, on third down big sack there um, but it felt like just sack and eating them up and like no ability for the O-line to, to stop the, the pass rush of the 49ers. And they're up 10-3 at the half. And you're like, I feel like they should be up more. Yeah, I mean, that was it. It just felt like they didn't pull away enough. They they were definitely moving the ball better on offense. They were giving Mahomes fits. You said uh, Lou made the point, like, and we, we watched the game together. Uh, we looked right at me and we kind of said the same thing. You know, at the end of the first quarter or whatever, after the first few drives, it's like this looks like the Tampa Bay Super Bowl. Mahomes is just on yeah. the run. Like he, he, the only thing like they couldn't handle any of that up front. Um, he was absolutely on the run. They were they were doing a good job like disguising looks in the back end as well, um, and, and making our time. But it's the Chiefs in the second half of this year have been you know forget the Chiefs as far as the record and, and maybe some of the things where they obviously they fell behind early in games during the regular season, but. The second half Chiefs have been the best team in all of football for like the most, you know, the last at least 10 weeks of the year. So them only being up seven, it's like had not as much confidence that they would move the ball as well in offense, which it turned out they did not because the third yeah. quarter they mightily struggled. Uh, and, and then you just know you're like Mahomes in crunch time. And, and in that third, but in the third quarter, even we're looking at it and we're saying, okay, they're up 10 3. Chiefs get the ball. You're thinking, okay, Mahomes going to turn on now. And he throws an interception to start the half. A and you're like, a bad one. And you're thinking, okay, here we go. Like, the Niners, they're going to win the middle eight. They stopped them on that big play. They forced a field goal. Now they're going to win the middle eight. They're going to get some points and be up two scores. And another yeah. false start sets up third and long. The Niners do not run the football in the third quarter until five minutes left in that quarter they spent the first 10 minutes throwing the ball on every possession not only do they do that they don't capitalize on the turnover then they force another punt and then what do they do they have a pass with the fumble for Jawan Jennings they lose eight yards in the first play of that drive and they stall out again and then all of a sudden the Chiefs start doing something interesting Chiefs start figuring it out and to me figuring it out meant letting Mahomes run the football he had two big first downs he had the read option run on the third and one where he got like 20 yards and he sets them up with that long field goal again. And now it's 10, six. And you're like, okay, I'm feeling good. I, I, I don't know if you noticed this, but even when San Francisco did try to run the ball in the second half, there was one guy who was just an absolute beast. Mike Pinnell just kept making 
every tackle and short yardage and holding them down and not letting McCaffrey do anything in the second half running the football. Mike Pinnell was such a beast, and he and he forces another punt, and then he got 2.30 left on the clock. Casey punts it, and that's where we have the muffed punt, and that was the idea. It was San Francisco, just let them hang in and let them hang in and let them hang in the whole third quarter, didn't run the football at all, and eventually you're going to do something stupid to give Mahomes the ball at the 20-yard yeah, that I mean that was absolute backbreaker there, and then obviously one play like that. You know, it's not. It's like all right, let's get myth, let's get a stop. Like the defense, you know, exhausted already after three consecutive three and outs by the offense. Like the defense has been on the field the entire third quarter at this time, um, and now now they're pinned in deep in one play. And that as soon as I mean, as soon as that ended the end zone, it's like it, it felt like it was over already. They felt yeah. like it was over at that moment. Even so the Niners are able to come back and get a touchdown right after that. So, so Jennings has the touchdown score and they, and they were able to throw it over the middle. Like they did what they wanted to do for, for a couple times there. But again, just like how many, cause I think they had three runs in the entire third quarter Jennings scores and you're feeling good. And you're like, okay, like they're up four. And then all of a sudden Moody misses the extra point. And it's these little tiny things that keep happening where, if he did this, then we win. If 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 Moody hits the extra point, then we win. If we feel the punt, then we win. Like those little things just add up. Niners start to sit back in coverage, start to play zone again. They're not being aggressive. They're getting tired. They they somehow make a stop on third and goal and get it to 16-16. And you're thinking, okay, now we've got five and a half minutes left on the clock. Were you thinking in that moment, like Niners got to bleed? the clock all the way down here with five and a half minutes yeah that would I mean, that's like the goal here especially especially they, they start running the football again a little yeah. bit uh, on that last drive they do start bleeding it down and it comes down was it the third third and six i think that they had yep it was the third and, and third and five yeah and and there's something to be said there even about you know running the ball there on third and five and just treating that like four down territory and again we've said it and we said about kyle so about Kyle in the past, like as as good of a play designer that he is, sometimes the moment feels like it gets too big. And th- there's a couple, I mean, the end of the fourth quarter, and then obviously we'll get to overtime, like maybe could have been more aggressive and could have ended yeah. the game on your terms. Uh, they So what they do on that sequence is they run the ball for five yards with McCaffrey, and then they decide to throw the football on second and five. And to me, the second and five, they they throw an out route to Kittle. He gets shut down for no gain. To me, the second and five was where, okay, like let's put the hammer down. Let's keep running it at them. Like let's do one of those toss crack plays that that they got a lot of yards on in the beginning of the game. And and now you're setting yourself up. You have to, you you make it so obvious that you have to throw on third down. And that's where Spagnuolo killed. I mean, Spagnuolo went zero blitz. McDuffie comes off the edge. And bingo, there you go. And you give Mahomes two minutes to go, 1916. And and that's, you know, that was the text or like, I have too much time. Like it, And I honestly thought, as they were driving, I thought it was over. Like, I thought yeah. he's scoring on this drive. He's not getting a field goal. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I, I fully expected a touchdown there. I mean, there, there was yeah. no chance that uh, it was a miracle enough when the, when they were able to, to hold them. Uh, and I think that was maybe, you know, that was really the clock beating them a little bit more. I mean, they yeah. just couldn't quite get the ball moving as, as, as 
as fast as they wanted to, I think, um, with the clock. But and, and I think some of the plays came up on that drive and some of the plays came up like you talk about that Mahomes run like that read option when he ripped off that like 25 yarder or whatever it was like that changed so much. Cause I mean, I'm sure you said like they ran so many plays off of that look yeah. in, in like the rest of the way down that always worked, whether it was Mahomes actually running himself or then he was faking like he was booting, you know, taking the boot and, and getting, getting tight ends in the flat in space. Like they ran so many looks off of that in even a little bit of a, on, on the final touchdown of the game, but uh, that run, him running with his legs, like can't be understated enough. Like that opened up. So that was such a big opening for that offense in the yeah. second half. No, that changed, changed how the Niners had to play defense yeah. for them. Cause like they had shut down the run for most of that game and, and, and they just added a new wrinkle. Cause you know, you're sitting there in zone and trying to take away those, those, those open areas. They were just so fast and, and you could just say they were tired cause they knew they had to chase and then, and then overtime happens. And to be honest, I don't think anybody in America knew what exactly the timing rules or the possession rules were for this new overtime, which in my opinion, and I've had this position since it's happened, I think the new overtime rules are absolutely horrendous. I, I just, I hate the idea that if we're going to have two possessions and we're going to have teams each get guaranteed a possession, why does the clock not matter in this scenario? Like that just I, makes me nuts that that's the case. I I hand up was one of the people I'm like, why is he calling a timeout with four seconds? Like I yeah. I am thinking I am thinking time's running out at the end of this overtime. I'm not I'm not thinking that we're just gonna roll over because again I think when there's a clock on the screen I think it means something. Um and it just meant nothing. It, it meant absolutely nothing at all. So I I was also one of those ones very confused by the overtime rules. Oh yeah. self admitted. And and I and I absolutely hate the idea of of, of non sudden death overtime. Like to me, I I wish they would go back to the way it was. But of course, the Bills had to had to mess that up for everybody. But regardless, were you were you like surprised at all, or like not really paying attention to the coin toss and thinking, okay, he wants the ball first because he wants to score first, versus he wants to know what Mahomes does on the first possession. Like where were you on that? I I. In my, I think when I saw the coin flip, because I, I was I was ex- excited for the Niners. They took the ball because I thought it was a little bit of the same thing that they did in the beginning of the game, where it's like get Purdy out there and have him like. I, I takes I think it takes a little bit of pressure going, you know, a little pressure off going first. Obviously, his reasoning afterwards was the, we score a touchdown, they score, or you know, we match scores, and then we have the sudden death possession in the end, and like that makes sense to me. But it's a lot of that's a lot of fast forwarding through the end of a Super Bowl where yeah. you're playing Patrick Mahomes being like, yeah, so we'll just get through this part where we both just match scores and then I'll have the ball. It's like that that was a lot of assum- assuming, I think. Well, I think if you're thinking in that in that vein, why not just go for it? On also saying that you also now have to treat that first possession as not we can get a field goal. No, you have to score a touchdown. Whether you so it's really if you got the ball first or second, you had to score a touchdown. Like that had to be the approach. I think there were re- there's rare instances where I'm giving up the field. I, I don't care because it doesn't matter to me. Like it, it, in my thought process, and the Chiefs said it afterward. We're gonna if we score, we're, and they if they score first and we score, we're going for two. Like they they said that. So and God bless them. I mean they should. 
you know, like they they've we've played all these quarters, like we're going to get tired here. Like we're giving too many chances to the other team. I, I thought that was a grave mistake and it was sucked for Kyle because he just, he, again, I, to me, it's got to be in the end zone. Like I, I don't, I don't care about the field goal. The field goal means nothing. Field goal is going to be, and let your defense hold him to a field goal. Who cares? I mean, if they score, they score. It is what it is, but you know, obviously your team was was extremely tired at the end and they got bailed out they got bailed out on the on the possession there on the holding penalty yeah it would have been a three and out so they really didn't have it squared to begin with uh but they got bailed out on that holding penalty and then chris jones just makes a crazy play where he's in Purdy's face on that third and goal and forces him to throw it up quick uh quick incompletion Niners get it to fourth and one, and and there you go. There was a quarterback option that got them, that got them, uh, that got the the Chiefs the first down on that. He had no answer for the quick passing game. Rasheed Rice had a big drag over the middle. They got them down the field, and then Mahomes has the big run to set them up. And corn dog happens at the end there, or whatever the play was called. And and uh, Tom, Martin, Tom and Jerry, Tom and yeah, the Tom, Tom and Jerry play. Tom and Jerry play. Like it's it, it it's just. That was the straw that broke the back. So that that's kind of the the synopsis of the game and just how I kind of viewed it was again, just you you cannot do, you cannot give so many chances and you cannot squander so many opportunities when playing that team. And there were a lot of flaws in the 49ers. And and even when I was gonna make my initial pick, I didn't really write anything down for you. I just told you, you know, Chiefs money line. My thought was. The 49ers just have to do too much, too many things to win this game. Like there's too many things that they have to do more than the Chiefs have to do to win it. And because I I know that they have an ace in the hole in the fourth quarter. Like the Niners really should have been up by at least a touchdown, maybe, you know, like give me eight points or a two possession game in the fourth quarter to have a shot to win. And that's a lot. So that's not just asking a lot. So there you go, man. That's what happens. Yeah, they were, they were, I said they were, could be the team that could put it together on offense and defense. And they did that and it still wasn't enough. I mean, they, they were the team that didn't really, again, I think obviously you can nitpick. They lost the game. You could find reasons why they lost the game, but like overall, I think that they, it was a good game for the Niners. The third quarter was the turning point, obviously 10 points for the Chiefs, zero for the Niners and totally flipped everything. But for the most part, I mean, the first half, the pass rush was so good. I, I, I thought it was so good. Like they were talking about how, um, you know, Young. I mean, Chase Young had an awesome game. Chase yeah. Young had a really good first half, and and Bosa obviously was dominating. I think Bosa had ten pressures, had ten mm-hmm. pressures in the Super Bowl. Um, but they were. It was very clear. It's like drive those tackles five yards downfield, but just or just, and just keep driving them. Like don't try and then cut underneath and let Mahomes get over the top of you uh, from that way. Like keep driving him, make him exit out the middle. And they did that pretty much every time. Um, or again, if he was trying to get out around the outside, he was having to run backwards, you know, eight yards to try and get to the outside from from how much they were just dominating those tackles, which are a weak spot for the uh, the Chiefs. But at the end, the, the, it didn't really hold up in the second half nearly as much. No, no, it didn't. Um, if I look at the second half possessions for the Chiefs, uh, if we start – if we start in the – so this is their second-half possessions. Interception, punt, field goal, punt, touchdown, field goal, field goal, 
and then a touchdown in overtime. Uh, for the Niners, it went punt, 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 touchdown, field goal, end of game, end of regulation, field goal. I mean, there's just too many, too many punts and not enough touchdowns in there. And, you know, that's the way it goes when you're playing Patrick Mahomes. It's got to be full throttle for 60 minutes. How did you do uh, betting-wise? How would you do? Good. We finished, we finished up units. Finished That's up good. units. Hit, hit a couple. Hit a couple of the exotics. The novelties yeah. started off pretty good. Got the coin toss right. Got ended the... up ended up a, having a a heavy play on the national. So this is actually a good story from the Super Bowl party we were at. Uh, we were at one of uh, one of our friends' houses, and he had a bunch of people over. And uh, one of the guys there says, "I have a friend who works at Allegiant Stadium, and oh, he no. had he he had recorded Reba's." two practice runs on the national anthem. And he said he clocked him in both well over 90 seconds. He, they, so everybody, and I, I had already walked in. I was very, I was peacock. I was lock of the day was the national anthem over. I was, <laughs> I was very, very committed this year. I thought it was, it was my best like research I had done. Uh, if you had heard about, you know, uh, Gator Jag, Gator Jag 330. Or I heard the, of the, the YouTube, random YouTube guy you the, the found. The 400 view YouTube video that 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 turned that made me so committed to this over. <laughs> um, so now everybody is is on it um, in the house, and it got close. It was very very close. Uh, immediately, there's always the immediate reaction. Ten seconds in, our buddy who's hosting the party, you know, ten seconds in, he goes, "She's going way too slow. It's done." He, he, he was <laughs> he thought it was he thought it was done in the first so in the first two lines. Um, and I said, no, you got to wait. I was like, those last two lines can go 30 seconds. It really can. And that's, that's what we needed for it. But hit that, had a couple of random, like I was taking, um, I had, I had like McCaffrey's McCaffrey's first rush to the left side for five to nine yards. That's got incredible. That, that, that is incredible. Insane. I'm like, I'm like, we're running behind Trent Williams in the first play. We're getting five yards. Like guarantee it, like guarantee it. Wow. Um, so that one hit, which was good. Cause that was, it almost looked like it was to the middle, but he kind of ended his run to the left. So I think I got that that way. Yeah. Nailed the coin toss. Nailed purple. Nailed purple. purple yeah. I mean, it, the, the novelties were good. Hit You know, some of the exact, like more of the direct player props really didn't do too well. Like, you know, we missed, we missed Pacheco's uh, yeah. over on the yards, which I think we were all on. Uh, didn't see him having it. He, I mean, he was really, he was really stopped for, a lot of the game. I mean, he, yes. he had a hard sledding. They, they did do a good job in that, which is, I was worried for their defense a little bit, but trying to remember some of the other like direct over unders on props Oh, use checks over, over a half a reception. That, that was great. The first second. Right. I mean, they, they had a, he had the, it wasn't the toe tapping thing. Cause that was last week, but he had, he had a catch and he had a beautiful run in the first quarter too. Yeah. I, I think they just, they designed a play up where they got him wide open. Like he kind of just came, I think he was running in motion, like it was going to be a block and then they just kind of play actioned it and he was yeah. wide open and, and had a big chunk play. Um, yeah, that, that, that was good. Uh, and I went, I went full no hedge in my Niners future again, had him, had him five, had like, Oh wow. Had him plus five fifty from like middle October or middle of, uh, no, yeah, probably October. I think it was when I had it in and I, I committed full no hedge. I really thought about it. I should have, I was thinking hard about it when they were down 10 nothing to the Chiefs. I go, well, now it's probably a little more worth it and should have done it. But I was I I was I was full bang bang 49er gang at that point in time when they were when they were up. So uh I, I was riding fully committed on that one. Just a just a total shame. Just a total shame that couldn't get it all the way home. Uh 
So going to next season now, um, as we always have to, you know, turn the page. Well, uh, yeah, go ahead. Cause I, know you have something. I, ha- I have to bring this up because yeah. our, our producer that's not here asked me that I need yeah. to bring this up. Let's do it. Mahomes. I mean, not, I mean, he's not only on pace, mm-hmm. he's ahead of pace. He's 28 years old. He's made this AFC championship every single year, which Tom Brady really didn't start making the AFC championship every year till the end of the Patriots Correct. run, you know, after their first chunk of Super Bowls. Um, they had that downturn for a little while. I think he missed two out of the first. Uh, I think he went, uh, I want to say six of eight in his first eight years, something like that. Okay. But I don't know. I, I as long as, and it just, it, it seems like Andy Reid, and, and for that fact, Steve Spagnuolo, like Steve Spagnuolo, I think is just past his point of being like, I'm not going to be a head coach. I'm going to hang around here and do what I do best where I've, where I've won Super Bowls, not only with this, with this team, but the Giants as a DC. Like I know that I can win Super Bowls as a defensive coordinator on a team. Sure. Let me hang around. Let me hang around and get six rings here with, with Patrick <laughs> Holmes. I mean, thoughts on him challenging the GOAT conversation. Well, I mean, look, I, I think he's obviously on track, you know, like nobody's done what Patrick Mahomes is doing has not been done at this early in anyone's career ever. So we're talking about three Super Bowl wins, three Super Bowl MVPs, two NFL MVPs, um, four Super Bowl appearances. That's very, very, very good, obviously. Um, so, you know, to me, I definitely think he's on track. It seems like Lou probably wants to have a deeper conversation about, is he already there? That's where I'm hearing people take the conversation is, is he already there? Is game of your game, uh, game on the line, like game of you need it for your life. Who you taking, Brady or, or Mahomes? And, and I would just say this, look, I think Patrick Mahomes at the end of the day is obviously, I think the talent is obviously more there. I don't think he's there for Brady and it, and I don't think it just has to do with longevity. I do think it has to do with football acumen, football IQ and the way they played the game. Like the way they play the game is completely different. And I don't want to just bring this up, but I had this conversation and I asked somebody that I trust that I actually, I feel like really knows football well. And I said, people are already saying that Mahomes is, is, is the greatest of all time, better than Brady. And, and the person said to me, they don't know what they're talking about. Like they're not they're You can't make that comparison yet. And you can start to, to see the parallel. Sure. And, and he made a lot of good points. And he said, look, at the end of the day, Mahomes has Andy Reid. Like Mahomes has the greatest offensive mind of our generation. And, if you look at Andy Reid and Tom Brady's offenses and compare the two, Patrick Mahomes' offense is geared toward Andy Reid scheming things to make his ability and his talent grow and, and, and flourish as well as it possibly can, and he's taken it to hyperspeed. Tom Brady's offense for his entire career was everything's on you to make sure we're in the right spot before the snap happens. 
And then while the play is going on, everything revolves around you making all the decisions. The quarterback has so much on him. That's why, you know, we talk about Mac Jones in that way. People talk about, oh, intellect, intellect, because he needs to have it, because that's what the the Patriot offense was for 20 years. So there's a different level of, you know, thought process when doing pre-snap reads. And Brady kind of talked about it on his on his podcast where he sees guys, you know, during a play, they'll they'll take a snap and then they'll roll out and do something crazy. And then it'll all work out. It's like, what a great play. And he sees it as that wasn't a great play. You shouldn't have snapped that ball. Like you read the coverage completely wrong pre-snap. Like that's that should that play should have never happened. You should have got us into a better protection. Should have got us into a better hot route. You should have got us there. Got us there. And the game is so different and so changed. On top of the fact that playing quarterback is easier than ever before it has been. So to me, I do think Mahomes is on track there. I think rings matter a lot more in the NFL than they do in other sports because they're so hard to get. Um. So yeah, I think he's on track. But to say he's there, to say he's the goat now, right now with three Super Bowls, it's like he's not even halfway there. Like let's 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 find let's find some reality here while we're having this conversation. That's fair. I had to bring it up for him. I do have I do have an interesting note, kind of sure. on that lucid lucid one. Loose stats are he's on track for a hundred k, hundred k passing yards in his career in ten rings. So. That's 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 what Lou's expectation is is for Patrick Mahomes. But I this one was amazing. I saw this on the internet, so bear with me. Since 2001, there's been 125 drives in the NFL postseason uh, where it's been the fourth quarter, at least the fourth quarter or later, under a minute left to play, and the offensive team trailed by seven points or fewer to start your standard clutch, do or die situations in critical games. Out of those 125 drives, only 40 percent of them saw the team get the points that they needed to take the lead or tie the game. Some quarterbacks are good at it. Brady went five for 11, 46%. Drew Brees went three for six, 50%. Mahomes has been seven for seven in those situations. It, it, it is, it, it is something that he has <laughs> that it is, it's like hard to measure. You know, it's one of these things you're not going to find that at the combine. You're not going to be able to, to get that out of somebody in an, even an interview or a workout or a practice or anything like it's just one of those intangibles that he's got. He, I mean, he has that Thanos mode now, doesn't he? I mean, he just has it all what it is really. And it's simple to put in this way, but it really is true. It's the will to win no matter the cost. Like, and we can just say, Oh yeah, like so-and-so has got that or so-and-so has got that. And no, there, there are extremely there are a minute amount of quarterbacks in this league. And gosh, I don't even know if there's any in this league outside of Mahomes. I mean, I think Joe Burrow probably comes, probably comes the next closest, but the Brady's and the Aaron Rodgers and, and just the ability to will your team and backpack your team and know that nothing can stop you. That is such a rare gift and rare quality for quarterbacks. So to me, they both have it and he's got it. I think that as he goes forward and as he gets older and he may need to learn to play the game differently, that's what I want to see. Patrick Mahomes. Like let's see Patrick Mahomes at 35 be able to be this elastic and this, you know, and this dominant. Can he play that old man game? 
You know, mm. that's what I want to know. He's 28. He may not have to because he may win three more Super Bowls before he's 35. You know, we'll see. But, you know, that's very hard. And he's done very hard things already. It only gets tougher as you get older. So I want to see that. And there definitely is something to be said with him winning one without Andy Reid. Because Brady, you know, that's another that's another checkbox that Brady has. Is that he he yeah. proved it he proved it wasn't whatever system he was in that he won the majority of them. It, that it is so, so there is there is something there is something to be said about that. That is so difficult to do that in one year on a COVID year where you couldn't practice with teammates, couldn't do any of that stuff. And I don't want to hear about oh, it was a you know, everybody that was was sick and went to that team like A B and Gronk and all those things, like they all went to chase the ring. This is not the NBA. You can't just chase a ring and have a super team like that. Like things have to come together. We have 25 weeks of just the grueling grind of 50 guys working together. It's not five on one time on the floor here. Like that is so unprecedented to do that. So I do want to see Mahomes post Andy Reid. Can he do those things? I think he's got the talent, but Andy Reid, man, God, I cannot believe. And I don't want to be, you know, an angry man about this and, and do this. But what Travis Kelsey did on that sideline was just crazy. Like, I cannot believe that Andy Reid just let that go. Like, I'm sitting there like, holy crap. He just attacked Andy Reid in the middle of the game. Like, Andy's going to fall over and die. Like, what is happening? And I just can't believe that that guy just has the ability to just be like, okay, let's just like roll the punches and everybody just calm down. Let's go to the next play. Like yeah, God bless him. He- headlines on Monday could have just been Travis Kelsey assaults a senior citizen he right? did. On, on, on national television. I mean, that's, that's basically what it could, what, what could have happened there. And then and one last thing before we get to the point you were trying to get to a while ago. Um, speaking of Andy Reed and then speaking of Kyle Shanahan, he's just the new Andy Reed. No, I mean, is, is Shanahan not, the, the, the brilliant football mind that's gotten there a bunch when Andy Reid was on the Eagles and couldn't get over the hump. And I don't know if anybody who's watched How I Met Your Mother, it, it feels like the Blitz episode. It feels <laughs> like Andy Reid, because when Andy Reid got over the hump, it was beating Kyle Shanahan. And it's like he passed the Blitz on to Shanahan in that moment in that Super <laughs> Bowl. And now I don't know if if Shanahan's going to, he's going to have to find the next guy to, to pass it on to. He might just never get over the hump. He, he truly is. I mean, two Super Bowls and just can't get there, and and he's a what, great coach. Of championship games that you know they make it championship yeah. games, and they they always have good regular seasons. Man, that's that's a good one. I like that one. He's the new Andy Reid now, and you know maybe it takes Andy Reid to leave. I mean, I don't know, I, I, or maybe it takes Kyle to go somewhere else. I don't know, and and reimplement and start over because you know I mean how many more years in a row do they have? Are they going to give him the leeway in San Francisco and before they, you know, I mean I imagine he probably. If they don't win in two to three years, is Kyle Shanahan, you know, seeing the door, you know? Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, especially they, they're like, you know, they're, they're, they're a head coach farm system for most other teams in the NFL right now with everybody picking off their coordinators year after year. Maybe eventually there's a year we're saying, well, maybe we don't want to let that coordinator walk out the door. Maybe we yeah. want to, maybe we want to give him a shot. So I, yeah. I could easily see it coming. Could be interesting. Uh, speaking of the next door opening and closing and all that stuff. Just moving to the offseason, what intrigues you? What is, is there any specific thing that, that you think will go on in the offseason that you're like, what this team, can they get over the hump? It's like, 
can anybody beat the Chiefs? To me, is going to be that like the whole offseason debate is what team can knock this off? We've seen the Bills, you know, had their run in the sun. They're probably going to be mostly the same team. The Ravens can't seem to get over the hump. The Bengals were banged up this year, so maybe they'll have a shot next year. You know, what to me, that's the story of the offseason. But, but you, you know, tell me if there's anything else that interests you. First things first is I, I'm waiting to see if I'm remaining a Bears fan next year, if I'm yeah. losing my, elite, my allegiances to maybe Pittsburgh or Atlanta or somebody else. So I have to, that's the first things first is, is the draft has to come. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I think Joe Burrow coming back is very interesting. What are the bill like, what are the bills? What's the bills offense look like next year? Do they end up like forgetting what worked for them at the end of this year where they were running the football and like had a, had a much more, balanced offense or is it back to like run and gun bills like it has been uh you know in, in the future uh putting it all on josh allen solo to make superhero plays at all times um and like I said, then and there's all the quarterbacks coming back from injury so not only burrow aaron Rodgers, uh chargers jim harbaugh like how competitive yeah. are they how competitive are they in their first year we talked about going the afc coming into this year i mean it, it might be absolutely insane like i said it another elite quarterback if Justin Fields makes it to the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's another team. That's another quarterback in the AFC. You can put right <laughs> up there with, with the Burroughs. Sure. Uh, <laughs> sure. Oh, if they, if they get uh, that, for, we get really. Justin Fields versus like Lamar Jackson in the same, you know, same division. Feel like, oh, here we go. We're going to have 10,000 yards rushing in this game. Here we go. Uh, yeah, who's, who's, your, who's your biggest uh, or a couple of your biggest question marks? I think the most interesting teams are – um eagles like is jalen hurts bounce back to last year or is he what he was this year with me what what are they doing what is their identity as as offense so did they sign kingsbury there was the there's been so many coordinators like supposed to be going somewhere because they're supposed to go there and then they don't sign there and they're signing with somebody else so now i'm getting very confused in the coaching chase have they hired an oc in so in uh in philly philly yeah i'm trying to think they they said oh kellen moore forgot it's kellen moore yeah they they hired kellen moore so they hired uh, kellen moore and they hired um uh who was the big fangio big fangio and, so, and, and, and our our guy uh uh gm shuffle i'm, I'm blanking on his michael name right lombardi now. But, he he that's a batch bait hey he goes he goes yeah vic's gonna really love uh, you know the boy the boy wonder over here not wanting to run the ball at all and, and then his defense is gonna be out there tired all the game I can see that being, and then oh, who's here to keep it all kumbaya? Nick Sirianni. Oh I think that. I think God. that's going to be. I think they might crash and burn hard next year because I think that they have internal stuff that, no matter the talent on the team, still if they return all the talent, and which obviously there's a lot of chances. Of people seems like I don't think that Jason Kelsey would be celebrating a Super Bowl with another football team if he wasn't retired. Uh, I don't think he would be going that hard, even if it was his brother's team. Uh, I don't think he'd be wearing chief stuff and all those other things if he was committed to the Eagles. Um, So he could be gone. Defensive guys like Cox, Fletcher Cox could be gone. Um, Brandon Graham. So I think that the Eagles could be a real crash and burn next year. And that opens the door for Mr. Belichick. Come back through the door. It seems as if that was the other team that had interest, that Howie Roseman – that's kind of the that's kind of the scuttlebutt is that it was Atlanta and and the other team that it was was they had the meeting with Sirianni and that meeting was going to determine whether they went in a different direction and that Belichick was their was their guy. 
Uh, by the way, uh, Cliff will be in Washington next year. Okay, that's right. So, that's right. That'll be good. With uh, sure. probably with probably a new quarterback. I think so. I think so. I, I mean, I I can't imagine that because I mean they have the number two pick, right? So yes. I mean, and Dan and, Quinn. As, and, and obviously now all the tie is yeah. If we get DDQ back as a head coach, so. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see how that goes for them. Um, uh, yeah, and obviously, I think remember I remember the follow up and that being with Kingsbury signing there. You know, immediately that means the Commanders are trading for the first overall pick, so they can get uh, they can Caleb get, Williams. Yeah. Caleb Williams. So uh, we'll see if there's any merit to that. I, I don't think so. But uh, I'm super interested in. Um, I am interested in what Harbaugh does in 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 LA I think that's going to be super interesting to see how they maneuver the offense and how they unlock Justin Herbert um uh, where that goes if that team can get any semblance of toughness I think that would be good there are so many teams with quarterback issues and and who we don't know uh as a quarterback so if we could go down the list in the AFC we have you know the Patriots obviously are, are sitting there right right now uh Tennessee we have no idea what they're doing at, at quarterback with their new head coach. I mean, Will Levis, you maybe think that, but that's it's like they have at least like a reasonable option being like, all right, we have a kid in the second year. We're going to see if he can develop. Like, it's not sure. like egregious if they just go in with what they have right now. Like, I don't think that's like they don't have to make a move, but it's certainly there's room for upgrades. Yeah. Uh, Vegas. I think Vegas absolutely is one Has of them. Has to do something. Yeah. They, yeah. They can't go in with Aiden O'Connell again. Pittsburgh, I think there's. There's heavy movement towards Kenny Pickett not being the guy, so we're really going to go back and do that, you know. It's, so, so yeah, that's the other two team. quarterbacks. The other two quarterbacks there are already out: Mitch and Mason Rudolph. And, and then Denver. I mean, yeah, that's, that's probably that's probably the biggest established quarterback at question. I do not think that. I mean, judging why would Russell Wilson walk away from his contract? They they have to cut him. I mean, they're just. That they have to cut their losses if they were going to just bench them at the end of the year. It doesn't make any sense. So yeah, and, it's going to take maneuvering on the front office's part to 100%. if they want them out, they're going to have to do uh, again pay pay a heavy fee or or, or find a way to move him. And, and if, you know if they move him, they're eating most of that contract anyway. I don't think anybody's right. taking on that full boat. So, uh, and and I'm interested to see if the Lions can can continue doing what they're doing. You know, it seems seems like next year we're going to be looking at next year and saying there's a team here that really could shock us. Like, I think we went into last year saying, okay, the Lions are the favorites in their division. Like, they could be really good. Like, there's a good chance that, you know, they'll be in the divisional round. And by God, I mean, they were very, very close to making the Super Bowl. But there's a team next year that could completely revamp their entire season. The, the, the obvious quarterbacks that could change things, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, Baker Mayfield, depending on where he wants to go. I think the Bucs would probably want to re-sign him. Um, but he'll be, you know, he'll cost a lot. So, but like whoever gets Kirk Cousins is probably going to have a pretty decent shot at being in the playoffs next year. That's what I would say. Yeah. You would you like to see him come to New England? I would love that. Yeah. I would I think I think it's I think it's definitely a a leader as far as if he were to leave Minnesota. I think that's very obviously a, a spot that he would land potentially. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't see him signing in Vegas. I don't see him that being his, his lifestyle. Uh, I, I don't you know. I, no. I think there's, there's probably a Coles out there somewhere 
<laughs> but I don't I don't know if that's his his lifestyle very much. Yeah, Vegas seems a little too ritzy for he likes that big chain though. He's got that big chain mm. with the shirt off and everything. I feel like he could at least play the part a little bit. Um and, and then the only other person that I'm interested in, I want Jordan Love to win MVP so bad next year. I love that kid. Oh, I love that kid. And it's going to be Lions Packers now for the foreseeable future, you know. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. I mean, the Lions, I think, have already won the offseason retaining their two coordinators. I mean, it seemed, like going, it seemed like going into that coaching cycle, they were going to lose both coordinators. And to retain Ben Johnson and Aaron Glenn, I mean, they're already the early winners of the offseason, regardless of roster moves. I mean, that is the continuity, the, the lack of continuity most teams have. I think we're talking about that's why the Spagnola-Andy Reid thing is, is like so those teams are always better with, with, with having – similar systems and, and, and similar returning players knowing those systems. I mean, that's a huge win for the Lions. Yeah. And, and they have, they have some guys that they need to resign on the offensive line and they got to pay golf and they got to do a couple of things. They got to pay Amon Rod. Like they got to do some things to now. Now Draft it's secondary. Draft yeah. Secondary. Well, yeah, because now it's going to be like, okay, yeah, you got some young players, but you, you better pay. I got to pay up. Like yeah. people want to get paid. Right. So it's them. Um, is there any thought of you that thinks like the chiefs have any step step back? Like is, is I know we just talked about this, but like, you know, Kelsey's another year older and Chris Jones is a free agent. Like he's going to cost a lot of money and, you know, they got to mix match your offensive line again and, and do those things. Like they have the coaching it's there, but you're going to have guys again that are going to be asked to get paid, especially on the defensive side of the football. So I'm um, I'm super interested to see if they can kind of keep the band together. And as long as they out as they have Mahomes and they have Andy Reid, like you're confident. But you know, gosh, I mean, what a different six weeks. I mean, what, remember Christmas Day we were watching them get killed by the Raiders on their home turf, and like they were out of it. And then you know now it's like now they can do no wrong. Like doesn't matter. Next year, the whole narrative for them is going to be, it's not going to matter what it looks like, just wait to the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, for sure. It's like they're going to make the playoffs. They're going to, you know, again, that we're at the point where you can basically pencil them into the, the AFC Championship game. Um, and, and I think, again, with how bad the offense looked all year, this felt like it was the year to 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 get them. Like they said, obviously, you got to pay other players, but as the cap goes up, Mahomes' deal gets better. You know what I mean? There's going to be going to be quarterbacks that get deals that get paid more than Patrick Mahomes, which doesn't make any sense, but that's just the way of the NFL. The next guy gets paid more than the last guy. Um, if you, if you sign your quarterback. So, uh, but you, yeah, I mean, you got to think the offense is going to look better because now Rasheed Rice has got a year in his belt and they've clearly got a connection there as much as Kelsey might take a step back. I think there's no doubt they come in with new wide receivers. You know, one, I, I, I could see them going after Mike Evans is obviously a big talk. I know Baker Mayfield might stay in Tampa Bay, but big Mike might want to be going out there to get in a, getting a chance at winning a ring with a real team in Kansas city, you know, as, as good as Baker is like Baker's a solution for Tampa Bay, but it's, I, it just doesn't, I don't think he's, a, I still don't view him as a super bowl quarterback. Like it's, it's kind of just an adequate, adequate quarterback to have in there. You're going to be competitive in your division and, and competitive to make the playoffs, but winning a super bowl, I don't know if Mike Evans would be totally bought into that. So you could see him going there. Um, there's a couple other guys that I know are, are out in the free agent market for wide receivers this year. So I expect one of them to land in Kansas city. Last question. Give me one team from conference championship weekend. So that's Dallas, uh, Detroit, San Francisco, Baltimore, Kansas City. 
which for those four don't make the playoffs next year? Baltimore. Uh, out of those four, it'd have to be Baltimore because of their division. Mm. Very interesting. Very and interesting. they and they had their best injury luck they've had forever, probably. They are yeah. usually the most injured team in the NFL. Um, so I, you know, the likelihood I think of them retaining most of, I mean, like their entire starting defense was healthy for the playoff, you know, for their, their two games, of the playoffs they had, um, for the most, you know, besides Marlon Humphrey being a little banged up. Call me crazy. I, I do think that there is a shot that as the teams do get better and we see, you know, younger and younger quarterbacks go over. I do think there's a shot that, you know, San Francisco just has a complete dud. Like I just, I do. I, I think that, I think that when you play that long and play that many games and, you know, it kind of happened to Philadelphia this year where teams just started to figure them out, you know, and, and, and I get Kyle's got a great plan that but they've had seasons where like, you know, they didn't have the injury luck that they've always seemed to have that they've generally been a pretty banged up team as yeah. they've gone forward. They have old players on their team as well. Um, they're really deep on defense. Like that, that's, that's probably their one saving grace, but you know, they could take a, they could take a step back. And if they do take a step back and you think Philadelphia is also maybe going to take a step back, it opens the door for a team like Detroit to finally get through, or like, you know, maybe just somebody surprising, like the Rams get back into the swing of things. Like, you know, I could definitely see that they could fix their defense. Although it's going to be a lot with their defensive coordinator leaving, but still, I mean, I think there's a lot of teams that could shock Packers. I mean, you talked about Packers Packers could easily find themselves in a conference game. And again, I don't want to talk. This is, this is a scenario that Justin Fields is traded. The bears were trending up in a good way. And and who knows what Caleb Williams does in his first year. All I'm saying, CJ Stroud made it. Obviously we can't expect every quarterback now to be CJ Stroud. He's ruined. He's ruined rookie quarterbacks for at least the next five years uh, for anybody who's taken quarterbacks in the draft. But that's all I'm saying. I mean, they, they definitely took steps. Their defense was very good. Like, in, in, a, in a lighter NFC, I think they at least are sniffing around the playoffs. Mm. But again, that, that's that's with not seeing the offense at all. <laughs> Obviously, okay. you know, that'll be fun. And, you know, there's so many just fun storylines and, and the whole thing. And, you know, we finally get to see Aaron Rodgers in a new uniform and see what he can do. Like, you know, we have so many cool things that are going to happen in the next, you know, Gosh, in the next month, we're going to start free agency and, you know, teams are going to get their rosters rebuilt pretty quickly. So it should be fun. Who, yeah. Who gets me? As much as exciting as the quarterbacks are, I am so excited to see who gets Marvin Harrison Jr. Because, I, I, you know, as much as the quarterbacks could be immediate impact players, I think Marvin Harrison Jr. is like without a doubt an immediate impact player. Mm, I hear that. And that dude's he's nasty. He, he's going to be very nasty. I'm very excited for that. But that's, right, that'll be that'll be our next one is the draft episode, uh, right? I think so. I think that's when we'll pick it up. You know, we'll start start mowing over the board once we uh, once we see some some names being called. That's that's where we're. I think we'll we'll pick it up again. But it's been a fun season, five seasons. Gosh, like I cannot believe we've been doing it this long. Uh, here's to another. Twenty twenty three is over, and we're on to twenty twenty four, brother. We we've been living in the Mahomes dynasty this entire time. Yeah, and this I, entire time we've lived in the Mahomes dynasty. We've had well, you know, we've we we had the back end of the guy. Anyway, I like the old guy a lot better. I'm just thinking. Um, I'm just thinking. You said five years, and I'm like, he's got three and five years. He's got three. And five years. <laughs> it's freaking crazy. Uh, 
thank you for everything all your 25 weeks straight this grind plus summers and like it's absolutely insane so no better one to do it with you but you my friend wouldn't do it with anybody else danny bingo family as they say fast and furious uh, All right, football on family on three, family on three, one, two, three, family. Family, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. For Maddie Ice, Maddie C, Matt Silberth, and thank you to Lemon Pepper Lou Paracona. does a great job producing our, our shows. And thank you. Thank Gene Gums for keeping us uh, on his uh, on his radio station on Sports Country. But thank you, the listener. Uh, you know, we, this is we, we try to help you out as much as we can. And those that do listen, you know, we just are eternally grateful because we can't believe people actually listen. So uh, we will see you at the draft for the final time 2023-2024 season we say thank you for listening to the Sunday car The Sunday Card Podcast is co-hosted and directed by Dan Zampano, co-hosted by Matt Silberth, and produced by Lou Paracone. You can listen to The Sunday Card on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Also listen to us on Sports Country Radio at sportscountry.net at 11 a.m., 3 p.m., and 5 p.m. on Saturdays, and again at 11.30 a.m. on Sundays. Follow us on Twitter for all of our picks throughout the regular season at The Sunday Card. And remember... If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. That's 1-800-GAMBLER.